Welcome to Weekdays with Jesus. Today's song is Glory, Glory to God by Laura Marriott and Tom Green. And our message today is from Matt Wallace. How many of you guys like those cheesy Hallmark Christmas movies? Those, yeah, a lot of you. Have you ever noticed that even some guys raise their hands? Thank you. Have you ever noticed that in those movies, there's always a scene at the end where they're gathered in the town square, right? And they're all wearing their fashionable, like, winter coats with the fur, and they're holding mugs of hot cocoa, and the snow is gently wafting down, right, uh, as Christmas music plays in the background. We usually don't get that in Florida, do we? We're usually, I remember my first winter in Florida, I got sunburn while hanging the Christmas lights on the house, okay? This year, guys, we have a chance to have that real Christmas experience. Because guess what? It's going to be cold next week, okay? So here is what our plan is currently. I think we actually can use this to our benefit and have a great time as long as it doesn't get too cold. But our 5 o'clock service is an outdoor service. Preceding that at 4 o'clock, uh, we're going to have our uh, family funtacular, uh, where we're going to have, actually, we have booked pony rides. This man, give that man a round of applause for booking pony rides for the kids. There's going to be free Chick-fil-A for the kids. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, there's going to be some other games and crafts and stuff like that at 4. At 5 o'clock, our plan is still to do the outdoor service, but here's what we're going to do. Uh, so we have a bunch of propane heaters. We're going to have those out. We might actually get a few fire pits going with some uh, toasty warm fires. And then we invite you to bring, like, I think, Chris, we are going to have hot cocoa, right? We're going to have hot cocoa, but also bring your own uh, hot beverage, right, that you want. Break out that winter coat that you only wear twice a year, right? And come, and uh, we're going to have snow machines working. We still probably won't have real snow, but we'll have the snow machines working, and it will actually feel like Christmas, right? So let's still do that. If for some reason it gets ridiculously cold, uh, then we'll just move inside here, right? Uh, so if you're planning on coming to the 5 o'clock service, still do so. Don't forget, though, to bring, uh, if we do have it outside, which is our, still our plan, uh, don't forget to bring your own chair, a lawn chair, folding chair, something like that, right? Or a beach blanket or something like that uh, to sit on. But right now our plan is to still do that, to have a real Christmas-feeling Christmas outdoor service. Uh, so that is going to be at 5 o'clock next week. Then 8 o'clock inside here, 11 o'clock, our traditional uh, kind of midnight mass with communion. All the services will have candlelight, so we'll all have the opportunity uh, to do that. So it's going to be a great Christmas Eve. Come on out for it. Uh, and then also, how many of you, let me just get a quick show of hands. How many of you here right now are planning on coming to the 8 o'clock service on Christmas Eve? Okay. So if you, so for those of you coming to the 8 o'clock service, I'm looking for a volunteer to help me with something during the, the Christmas Eve message. So if you are interested in that at 8 o'clock, I've got my 5 o'clock volunteer lined up. I've got my 11 o'clock volunteer lined up. If you are coming to the 8 o'clock and you are interested in doing that, come talk to me after the service. Look at I the hands fly up, Pastor Matt. I know, they are that's just right. 
flying up right so now. So it's going to be great. You will have fun, and we won't laugh at you at all, I promise. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, talk to me about that. And then don't forget, Christmas Day is a Sunday, but we'll be doing our Christmas Day schedule, which means uh, no Bible study at 9, uh, no kids' church, just the Christmas Day service at 10 a.m. Uh, it's our traditional Christmas service of carols and readings. Uh, so don't come. You guys are all here at 10 anyway, but don't come to the 8 o'clock that day. Uh, and then next week, I know next week is New Year's Day, uh, but we'll, we're doing our regular Sunday schedule uh, back for New Year's Day. So I think that does it for announcements. Uh, so let's get to our scripture reading for the day, um, so, which is from Matthew chapter 1, <clears throat> verses 18 to 25. So Matthew 1, 18 to 25. Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph... Before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. All right, opening question for this morning uh, have you ever done something completely the wrong way, uh, but then it still worked out anyway? Uh, have you ever done something completely wrong, but then it still worked? Maybe you were building something and you put it together wrong, but the thing you were building still worked. Maybe it was a game you were playing and you used the completely wrong strategy, but you still won anyway. Uh, what is something you have done completely the wrong way, but then it worked out anyway? Um, you can text your answer to 407 842 Eight four, uh, so I will tell you a story about um, myself. Uh, this a couple weeks ago, uh, and we had some uh, packages that needed to go out. We had some things we were returning. A couple of Amazon purchases we were returning, and those we were doing the thing where you just drop them off at Kohl's. You, have you guys ever done that? You just you don't have to package it up or anything. You just walk in there, they take it back, and give you a refund. Uh, and then we had a couple of um, phones that we had just recently switched phone services and got new phones, and we had to mail in our old phones. And those were going by UPS. And so uh, we had two of those. And so uh, I, I was like, my wife was like, uh, take them to the UPS store. And I was like, no, I got a better idea. Uh, we'll just print out the labels, and there's a UPS Dropbox near our house, right? So I'll just throw them in the Dropbox. So I knew I had two of those and the Amazon packages. And so I threw that stuff in my car, and I go to the Dropbox, and I take the first box off the top, I put it in the Dropbox, I take the second box, I put that in the Dropbox, and I come back to the stack of packages, and I realize one of the phones is still there. And then I was like, oh my goodness, I think I put one of the stupid Amazon returns in the UPS box. Now let me tell you, when you do that, you have little recourse 
<laughs> to do anything about it. Like, there was nothing on the, uh, you can't get back in the box, right? It's like Fort Knox, right? Uh, you, you can't, there's no number to call. So I, find, I, I just Google the number for UPS. And here, here goes our UPS sponsorship we've been fighting so hard for. But uh, it is impossible to talk to a live person at UPS, let me tell you. And there is no automated response for put the wrong package in a UPS box, right? They do not give you that option. And finally, I'm like, I keep doing the thing like, I want to talk to a person, you know, or hitting zero. And the only way they will let you talk to a person is if you give them a tracking number. I don't have a tracking number because it wasn't a UPS package, right? And so I'm getting so frustrated. I call the local store, the UPS store. They have, let me tell you guys, they have no idea how any of this works. <laughs> this one poor girl I talked to, and I was getting pretty frustrated by this time. She was like, uh, it's just, it's shipped. There's nothing you can do. I'm like, it's not shipped. It's like, it's still in the box. It's like the guy doesn't pick it up and drive it straight to New Jersey or wherever, right? They take it to a shipping hub or something, and she's like, I have no idea where that is. And so at this point, I'm thinking my only option is i got to sit here and stake out this box all day waiting for the UPS guy to show up so I can run up to him, and hopefully he doesn't think I'm there to rob him or something, you know, and get this stupid Amazon package back. And so at this point, I've spent, like, I kid you not, like an hour uh, trying to figure this out. So finally, I'm like, well, I better call Lana, <laughs> you know, tell her what I did so she understands why I'm not home, you know, at 5 o'clock. I'm still waiting. Um, and so uh, I call her up, and I go, yeah, I thought that first box was a phone, so I put it in the UPS box. And Lana says to me, that's okay. That box was going UPS as well. I've never been so relieved in my whole life. It was a UPS package, and I put it in the box, and everything was fine. And that whole time, I had no idea. I thought I'd made this huge mistake, and it turns out nothing was actually wrong at all. Uh, Pastor Chris, have other people had experiences like that? Yeah, so have you ever done something completely the wrong way, but then it still worked out anyway? Yes, I think we could all agree parenting. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so we got a couple here. Dated a girl three months, proposed over the phone. <laughs> That's not in the playbook usually. Married a month later, happily married 49 years later. <laughs> a lot of people have said recipes, uh, recipes that you, they oh, messed yeah, up yeah, the yeah. way that... That's a, that, that's a good one. Uh, let's see here. Chris Otterino said his entire 20s. He was like, <laughs> but he just completely jacked up his 20s. And that's a good one. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, Kyle uh, Williams said he met Amber on Match.com. Told her he loved her one month later, proposed three months later, married four months after that. Somehow it worked out. So he met her and got married in eight months, and they've been married 13 years. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good not, one. Did not scare her off. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Amber yeah. does not scare easily. Yeah, that's God bless <laughs> you, Amber. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I asked this question because today in today's text, we're looking mostly at the story of Joseph. And a similar thing is happening here with Joseph, although it's a, it's a little bit the opposite. Like in, in our example, the question I asked, uh, we did the wrong thing and it ended up being right. Uh, in today's story, Joseph does the right thing, but it actually ends up being wrong. So he does the wrong thing, but kind of like for the right reasons. And so here's the story. It starts in verse 18. 
Uh, it says, when uh, Jesus' mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. So Mary is pregnant, and Joseph uh, assumes what I think any of us would assume in his position, right? That she had committed adultery, that she had slept with another man, and was now pregnant with his child. And uh, honestly, that was a pretty horrible situation for a woman to be in at that time. Now, I don't think they actually practiced this very much, but it was at least on the books, it was at least in the laws, that you could be put to death for doing that. You could, you could be put to death by stoning, where they would like pelt you with rocks until you died. And so her life literally could have been in danger. But even if, I, I don't actually think they practiced that very much, <clears throat> but even if they didn't, the social implications were horrible, right? She'd be cast out, no one else would want to marry her, and I don't know if you knew this or not, but back then, a lady couldn't just run out and get a job, right? So she would have had no way of caring for herself, of caring for her child. Joseph does not want to do that to her. He actually is a good dude. He says he's a just man and unwilling to put her to shame. So he's a good guy. He doesn't want to shame her over this, even though, I mean, he maybe could have felt justified in being angry, could have felt justified in being hurt over this perceived, you know, kind of betrayal. But instead, he's like, I'm going to do the right thing. He's like, obviously, I still can't marry her, but I have compassion, so we're going to do this quietly. So as much as possible, it's going to minimize the impact on Mary. His reasoning is solid. He actually is acting out of compassion. He's trying to do the right thing. He's got the right reasons for what he's doing. But as we see, it ends up being the wrong thing, even though he's got the right reasons. Because his plan is contrary to God's plan. See, he doesn't know or understand God's plan. He doesn't know or understand what is happening here. So he goes off his own plan, but that plan is not as good as God's plan. In fact, it's contrary to God's plan. God's plan is for them to stay together, to have Mary give birth to Jesus, who is his son, and for Jesus to be the savior of the world, to bring salvation and forgiveness to his people. That is God's plan, and that's a good plan. But Joseph doesn't know it. He doesn't understand it, and so he starts to do the wrong thing even though he's got good reasons for doing it. But second question for you today. Uh, second question for you today is this. Uh, what are some things that you use every day, but you have no idea how or why they work? What are some things, because I think we all have those things. We have things we trust. We have things we rely on. We use them every single day. We'd probably be lost without them, but we have no idea how and why they work. What are some of those things in your life uh, again, you can text your answer to 407-842-8884. Uh, while we're waiting, I had an interesting interaction uh, last week 
Um, uh, someone that I'm, I'm friends with on Facebook, well, I know them in real life too, but uh, someone that I'm Facebook friends with posted this question. Uh, does everything happen for a reason? Does everything happen for a reason? Uh, I, I'm actually going to ask you guys out here, just by show of hands, raise your hand if you think everything happens for a reason. Okay, a lot of hands. I'd say definitely the majority of you uh, answered yes to that. So, it may surprise you to hear that I would not answer yes to that question. I would not answer yes to that question, and I will explain to you why. There's a couple of reasons. First of all, uh, I think it gets a little close sometimes to ascribing evil to God, to saying that God is the cause of evil things in the world. We know God does not cause evil in the world, right? Uh, but some evil things happen. So saying everything happens for a reason gets pretty close to ascribing evil to God. Here's the other reason I don't like to say it. Because let's be honest, some really horrible things happen. Some really horrible things happen. And I don't think I could look someone in the face who has had something really terrible happen to them and say, well, you know, everything happens for a reason. Right? That would be a pretty terrible thing to say to someone that's a victim of something horrible and is really hurting. But I'll tell you this, it's kind of, a, I don't actually like the question at all. I think it's the wrong question to ask. It's kind of a vague and undefined question. What does it mean, everything? What would that even mean that everything happens for a reason? I mean, I guess you could answer yes in the sense that there's always like cause and effect, right? Or maybe I would say this, I would say for sure, like when bad things happen, there is a reason, and the reason is we live in a sinful and broken world with sinful and broken people who sometimes do terrible things. But I think what people really mean when they ask a question like, does everything happen for a reason? I think there's a, a, a motive behind that, a question behind that. I think what people are really asking is this. Is there a plan? Is, is somebody in control of all of this? And related to that, people also want to know this. Does my life have meaning and purpose? Like, is everything random, or does my life have meaning and purpose? Is there a plan? And to those two questions, I would absolutely say yes. Yes, there is a plan. And yes, our lives do have meaning and purpose. Uh, Pastor Chris, do we have? Yeah, there's some good answers on the question. What are some things that you use every day, but you have no idea how they work? Microwave. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can say, yeah, it's, it uses microwave. And I would say, what does that mean? And right. you would say, yeah, I have no right. idea. <laughs> um, let's see. C computers, uh, cell phones, internet. A uh, popular answer. I love this one from Blake. Soap. <laughs> I have no idea how soap works. That's, that's Actually, really... that's kind of a good one. No, like, why does soap work? Why does, why it, does it, work? it kill germs? Right. Like, uh, well, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, Kyle Williams said uh, sarcasm. 
<laughs> I don't know. That's funny. Uh, let's see. What else? Phone, cell phone, electronics are yeah. probably the number one answer, Pastor Matt. Yeah, it is. So the reason I asked that question, I think it's fairly obvious, but, you know, there's so many things we rely on, we trust. We don't know how they work, uh, and yet we have difficulty sometimes doing that with God, right? If God has a plan, we don't always see the plan. The story of, of Joseph here is that he doesn't see the plan. He doesn't understand what God's plan is at first, not until it is revealed to him. And yet sometimes we are called to trust in the fact that God has a plan and that it's a good plan, even though we can't see it always and we don't always know how and why it's working. In verse 20 it says this, But as Joseph considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This is God's plan. Joseph's plan, divorce her quietly, out of compassion, and because he wants to do the right thing. God's plan, uh, he will save his people from their sins. God is letting Joseph know that what is happening is not what he at first perceived. That first of all, uh, Mary did not betray him, that this is from the Holy Spirit. And second of all, uh, that he's going to bring salvation through the birth of this child. Joseph would not have known this and did not know this until God revealed his plan to him. And once he does, that then now that he understands, now that he sees God's plan, Joseph is able to accept it. And so in verse 24, we're told, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Joseph goes from doing the wrong thing for the right reasons to doing the right thing for the right reasons. He now understands that God has a plan and that his plan is going to be worth going through this difficult time that he's going to have with Mary because everyone else is still going to think the same thing that Joseph at first thought. But now that Joseph understands God's plan, he knows it's worth going through. He knows it's worth going through all that difficult time because salvation is going to come from it. And so for us today, hearing this story of Joseph, we can learn and know three things from it. First of all, indeed, God has a plan. He does have a plan. Maybe everything doesn't happen for a reason. Some things happen just because we live in a broken world. But God still has a plan to deal with those things. God still has a plan to deal with those things. And sometimes we just have to trust because sometimes we don't know or see that plan unless God reveals it to us. Sometimes God has to reveal his plan to us. It's not obvious to see. But we can know that either way, God's plan is always better than what our plan was going to be. The Bible doesn't say everything happens for a reason, but it does say this, that God works everything to the good for those that believe in him. So God can take something bad and horrible and still bring something good out of it. This is something we need to be reminded of. 
we can have hope and take hope in the world even when we see horrible things going on because we know that God has a plan for us. And while we might not know the plan in all of its details, we know the big part because the big part is to save his people, to save us, to save us from our sins, to save us from death, to save us from hopelessness and despair. God has a plan to change the world through us, his people, through serving and loving our neighbor. And his plan is to bring us and the world hope and peace and joy, the very things we celebrate this Christmas. God revealed all of that part of his plan to us at the birth of the Messiah, at the birth of Jesus that first Christmas. And he continues to reveal parts of his plan to us in his word, in the sacraments, and in the hearts of his people. I'm not going to sit up here today and tell you that everything happens for a reason, but I can tell you that God has a plan. We may not always see it like Joseph didn't, but it's there. It's at work in our lives. It's happening. It's at work in the world. And even when we don't see it, we can still trust that it's a good plan because we know that God loves us. We know that God cares about us. We know that God wants to save us. That's the reason he sent his son. So be at peace during this Christmas season and experience the hope and the joy that God wants us to have. And in his name, amen. Today's song is Glory, Glory to God, and I've asked Laura Marriott to tell us about it. When words are repeated, there's an emphasis to the word. And I don't remember if it was in a translation or a commentary or where I saw it, but they repeated the word glory. And I thought, oh, that's so great. We should repeat that word, glory, glory to God in the highest, and emphasize uh, the glorious nature of his coming as a baby to earth to redeem the world. And so that's why we decided to name it that. Anyways, it's one of my favorite Christmas songs to sing, and it's so celebratory, and it gets you excited for Jesus to come in anticipation for him, and uh, so I hope that you enjoy it. Personified the Holy One, we glorify Savior of the world. Born of simple, humble means, we received the King of Kings. He came so we could be.